Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and Jerry is literally right there. And I'm, Chuck, I want to start something. I'm going to get, I actually have a jar at my studio at home. Swear jar? Kind of, but it's a use of the word literally jar. I'm trying to break myself of that, except when it really truly makes sense, when it literally makes sense to use that word. Okay. Like in this instance, Jerry is literally sitting right here. So do you have a problem with that, with misusing that word like so many people? It's not, yeah, no, not necessarily. It's overuse. That's what bothers me. What about Yumi? Is she <clears throat> donating to the jar at all? Or is she just like, this is literally the dumbest idea? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think she has an opinion on this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. She just spends the money. <laughs> well, I keep the jar at home. I can well, get sure. money out of it when I need to. It's more just the ritual of like punishing myself, calling no, out that's good. that I'm doing something stupid. Once a Catholic, always a Catholic. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh, yeah, this is stuff you should know. And uh, we are talking, Chuck, today. How are you doing, by the way? Uh, I'm great. Good. We're in the same room. Mm-hmm. It's still a little weird. Getting used to it still. Yeah, I went to a baseball game last night. Oh, my God. And that was weird. Oh I mean, it was God. great. Uh, and once we get on our seats, we were actually, I mean, they're fully just selling seats, but where we bought seats, there just happened to be no one kind of around us, which oh, was nice. good. Yeah. But uh, So you're at a Braves game? Yeah, I went to a Braves game. But, um, you know, they're supposed to be policing and saying, you know, unless you're in your seats eating and drinking, you should be wearing a mask. Sure. And so we, the four of us, wore masks you know, in and out in the bathrooms and the food lines and all that stuff. But nobody else was. Well, I mean, and we're in Atlanta. Care. There's a lot of uh, jerks Yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah, it, just, it is what it is. We took care of ourselves, and it's fine. Yeah. No, but, I've noticed. But it was fun. Um, well, that's good. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. Walk-off homer. Oh, yeah. Bottom of the ninth, man. I've only seen, like, one of those in my life. Wow. It was that's amazing. a great game. Yeah, it was cool. Who did we play? Uh, we played the Mets and our star mm. player, uh, Acuna. Blasted one in the bottom of the ninth, first pitch. It was just great. I thought Freddie Freeman was our star player. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, they're one and two. They're neck and neck on any given day. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to be number two. You know what I'm saying? But yes, no, of course not. That's why I'm number two. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> you, me, Jerry, all tied for number one. Okay, okay. But anyway, it was a little just. It's a, it's just a little jarring to be among a lot of people again and. But it also comes back quickly, like, oh, wait, I spent the first 49 years of my life right. among people. Yeah. Took a year off. Now I'm back in the swing. That's good. That's good. I'm hoping to get back there myself. Yeah, you should. Uh, at any rate, this is still a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking today about uh, clefts. And most people, when they think about clefts, they think about cleft lips. But there's a lot more to that. Mm-hmm. Or treble clefts. Sure. That's a little different. Uh-huh. There's an extra letter in this one that I'm yeah. talking about at the end. Oh, um, how is that spelled? Is that just treble cleft? No, C-L-E-F. Oh, there's no T? Um, treble clef? Clef. I didn't take piano. That's okay. All right. Um, but no, that's a clef. This is a cleft. Okay. A cleft in this case is um, it's a it's a division. It's a trench. It's mm-hmm. a uh, a void, I guess you could say. Yes. And that 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 is what we're talking about. It is a um, it is a very common, actually, fairly common birth defect. That's right. Um, it occurs in the embryonic stage, mm-hmm. and a child is born <clears throat> with part of their lip 
and or part of their palate, the roof of their mouth is another way to put it. Right. Missing. It's yeah. just not there. Unjoined. Yep. And we should probably say right at the beginning, uh, this is a birth defect, but it is a visual difference. Yes. Is what we call things like this. It uh-huh. is not a disability. No. Although there are, you know, many complications we'll go over. But it's a visual difference. And it is also uh, the term hair lip is not something you should use. It was used for many, many years, even by doctors yep. to describe this condition. But it is uh, not a good, nice term. So just stop saying it. Yeah. I don't know anybody who says it. Anymore. I don't think so. Any, and, but you know, some people just may not know. Sure. Like, oh, I thought that's what it was called. Right. Uh, and when doctors use a term, you can sort of understand. Right. You know, like somebody falling into that trap. Sure. But it's not a term that we use anymore. No, and I think that was a good thing to say. All right. So this the COA is finished. So, um, like we were saying, it is like you said, it is a birth defect, but it is just a visible difference. And there's, I mean, that's that's it. I mean, it is tied in with some syndromes, some genetic mm-hmm. syndromes, but. Plenty of people, I think in the United States, somewhere between one in every 700 births um, comes with some sort of cleft, either a cleft lip, a cleft palate, or both. Um, and there's that's it. That can be it. That's the only thing that is different about that child. There's right. no developmental problems. There's no – and like you said, it's not a disability. There's nothing else. That's it. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating to me, I had no idea about this, but I never really thought about it, is – that the 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 kid with the cleft lip or the cleft palate, mm-hmm. their their palate or their lip just never finished forming. Yeah, they never. You know, there's a symmetry generally running down the center of your nose, mm-hmm. and the the two sides of the lip. You know, this stuff forms when you're in the in the womb, right? Very early on, actually. For yeah. Both, the, I think the lip is first, and then the palate. Yeah. But you know, they join together. And in this case, they just don't join. Yeah, you know the little, the little bit under your nose, the, the bip joining the uh, <laughs> the the bottom of your nose to your top lip. Yeah, is that's there a called the philtrum. Oh, okay. And that is where your lips join together. Your upper lip joins together. Right, and that is where your mustache can part. Yeah, yeah, you got a little mustache part. I have a mustache part because mine, but, you know, some guys. Do you shave yours in just for looks or is it no, growing no. naturally? <laughs> it just kind of parts naturally. Your hair doesn't quite grow right there. But, you know, if you're like a Burt Reynolds type right. or a Wilford Brimley, you can just grow it over the, the whole, oh, yeah. what's it called, philtrum? Philtrum, P-H-I-L-T-R-U-M, yeah. philtrum, which would be a really great nerdy boy's name. Filtrum? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and his brother Baxter. <laughs> On second thought, though, don't name your son Filtrum. <laughs> no. So um, when you are in the embryonic stage, like you said very early on, uh, the lip forms in like the fourth to seventh week. And very frequently, a woman might not even know she's pregnant at that time. And that lip's forming. Yes, mm-hmm. already. Um, I saw a really cool BBC um, documentary f- sequence, basically, where they took 3D images mm-hmm of a baby in utero mm-hmm. and basically turned it into a flipbook video. Oh, cool. Showing the face forming. Mm-hmm. Your nostrils are giant yeah. when, you're, when you're forming. And they're like on the top of your forehead. They move down. Mm-hmm. And each nostril is part of a tissue plate. 
And then the bottom jaw and your bottom lip are part of a third tissue plate. So you have three forming and coming together. Mm -hmm. And as they form, new cells form new skin, and they just kind of move into place. If you have a cleft lip or a cleft palate, again, that that final meeting in the middle mm-hmm. just never happens. Yeah, so when you watch something like that, are you amazed at the miracle of life or are you <laughs> disgusted? Amazed at the miracle of life. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Because when you think of nostrils on the top of the head. It's mm-hmm. nothing I'd, I'd like just a be like, Toro like that's <laughs> the most. It, yeah, it's neat, actually. It is <laughs> no, it very is super neat. cool. Yeah, for of sure. Course. So miracle of life is what I'm going with. So uh, there are different ways this can happen. Your your palate on the top of your mouth is in a couple of sections. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one closer to the front is the hard palate, and the rear is the soft palate. And if you have a cleft palate, it can be in the soft part, the hard part. It can split both. Yeah, because if you don't rub your tongue mm, don't do that. top of your mouth, <laughs> don't do that. The front part uh-huh. is is bony. That's your hard palate. Mm-hmm. If you go further back, it's really kind of tough to do, but you can. You got to stop. You that. don't like that? No, I don't think anyone does. Um, oh, really? You think some people like hearing that? I think it's kind of pleasant. <laughs> Anybody who like that, shout out. I want to hear you. I think there's some kind of a pressure point in your soft palate too for. Is it migraines or something? I remember hearing about, like, oh, pressing no. your thumb into your soft palate to do something. Ice cream headache. No, it wasn't that. It was something else. Oh, but well, you can it, cure an ice cream yeah. headache by putting your tongue against the roof of your mouth. It, it may be multifunctional. <laughs> anyway, in the very back, you have just a muscle. Like, your hard palate is bony yeah. with some skin covering it. Mm-hmm. Further back, it's like muscle with skin covering, and that's your soft palate. It feels like a little ribcage up there. And you can have this division, this cleft, in either part or both, right? That's correct. Yeah. That's what I said. So uh, an incomplete cleft is missing. uh, It's a little notch, and it's missing from the middle of the upper lift. A complete cleft is all the way through into the nose. Mm -hmm. And then uh, with the lip, it's, it's always the upper lip. But it's usually right. off to one side or the other, I think, because of that symmetry and how it forms. Yes. Uh, and it's always the upper lip because it only affects the two top plates of flesh that are forming that form right. your upper lip and your face and those forehead nostrils that come back down to your nostril area. That's right. God, it's just like old times. Cherry's literally dropping food out of her mouth onto the table. <laughs> is she eating miso? This is amazing. No, but it's... So funny. She's I don't know. I think there might be a little. Got all day, and she chooses to eat when she's in here. Yep. Uh, I think we should take a break. I think so too. All right, that's a good opening uh, salvo. <laughs> so we'll be back after this. All right. I think I might have misused Salvo. Did I? I don't think so. Is that right? Yeah, I associate that with like a, a timpani or a <laughs> cannon going off. Oh, sure. Fanfare. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think you I think you used it correctly. All right. It was so, cleft that you got wrong. Yeah, back to clefts. They are uh, developmental defects, like we said, very early. And what causes them, you know, it, genetics can play a part. I think if you're um, a parent – you have a, with a cleft, either palate or lip, you have like a 2 to 8% chance that your kid may, if you have a biological child, 
And then that goes up if you have siblings and or if you have your parents and it's sort of passed down. I think that number can go up to like 20 or 30 percent. Yeah, it can. If you if your parent has a sibling that has a cleft as well, the chance of your your kid having a cleft is definitely increased. And then um, it can keep going up depending on whether or not your parent has a genetic syndrome that they're passing along. Right. Um, I think there's something like 300 to 400 uh, different genetic syndromes that are associated with cleft lip or cleft palate. Uh Um, And together we should say they're both called orofacial clefts. Oh, yeah. We didn't say that, did we? And I've also – no. And I've also seen it um, abbreviated as CL slash P, cleft lip slash palate. Um, that seems to be kind of like the shorthand for it. Because doctors don't like to write full words. No, they don't. We know and that. their handwriting is just <laughs> terrible. Um, and then I've also seen them called affectionately as clefties. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, you know, we'll talk about the, uh, you know, acceptance of facial differences if you have a cleft or have friends or family members, and that's a big, big part of it. Yeah. And I think something like clefties might be a way of embracing that. Sure. So there are some other things that could be risk factors and increase the risk of all kinds of birth defects, uh, certainly including clefts. And one of them is if you're smoking and drinking booze while you're pregnant. Um, one of the reasons alcohol affects um, any kind of birth defect is because it disrupts the absorption of uh, folic acid. And that's another reason you might, if you don't have enough folic acid, that's why pregnant women take extra. It's a natural form of B9. Uh, it's a vitamin. And I think in the late 90s, the FDA said you got to start putting extra folic acid in like all kinds of common foods. I remember that. Sort your recyclables, start taking <laughs> folic acid. Yeah, and and just like put it in bread and pasta and grains right. and cereals and things that people eat a lot of. Uh, it's naturally found in sunflower seeds and fruits and beans and peanuts and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you want the folic acid, I think. If you're pregnant, they recommend you take at least uh, 600 milligrams per day. And if you're just a regular old non-pregnant human, 400 milligrams a day. Yeah, if you um, are in your reproductive stage or age. Right. But you you need folic acid anyway, right? Why not? Just as a person? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I eat a lot of bread. I get a lot of folic acid. Uh, so smoking and drinking is one. Uh, diabetes is another, right? Yeah, that's a really big risk factor. Diabetes and obesity both seem to be correlated to uh, increased risk of clefts. I'm not sure what the incidence is for um, women with diabetes, but it is an increased risk. Um, and then there's also a couple of epilepsy medications that increase your risk. Um, the thing about all this is there is no um, definitive understanding or explanation of why clefts form. Right. Of what it is that causes some children's um, lips just not to join together or yeah. their palates to not fuse together at that last final stage. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be multifactorial is what they call it, where there's just a bunch of different factors. Yeah. Um, and also, <clears throat> in addition to genetics, like your parents having one or your parents having a sibling with one, um, you, it, depending on your race, actually, your uh, your risk is increased. Uh, apparently, it's far more common among Asian people um, and Native yeah. Americans. I think it's the highest among Native Americans, something like 3.6 out of every uh, 1,000 births, I believe. Oh, boy. 
Um, Math with Josh. <laughs> two, two among Asian people. It's the lowest among African Americans. Yeah, I think Chinese uh, babies are more commonly diagnosed. Is it a diagnosis or just what do you even call that? No, you're diagnosed. Okay. But, I mean, it's like very easy diagnosis. Right. It's like, oh, okay, your child has a cleft lip. Or, right. But what's, what's interesting, Chuck, is with the cleft palate, you can have a cleft palate but it not be visible. It can actually be hidden. Yeah. That's called a submucosis cleft palate. And they might you, they, you might never be diagnosed with it because there may be no problem with it uh, or that arise from it like with other clefts like we'll talk about. Yeah. But um, that's kind of rare from what I understand. Right. And the palate is less visible anyway sure. as opposed to the lip. Right. Uh, and, you know, if you see any kind of photo image of cleft palate, it's usually a doctor taking a picture of someone – with their mouth wide open, mm-hmm. kind of tilting their head back so you can get a good angle on it. Right. Um, health problems that are associated with clefts are uh, – they can be numerous. It's it's not – you know, it seems like everything is something that can be overcome. Mm-hmm. But they are challenges nonetheless, and they are challenges that especially can just make a, a kid when they're growing up – feel not so great about themselves. So that that's a big, big part of overcoming these challenges. But to be sure, there are some physical uh, things that happen, like it can interfere with how your teeth are forming and growing in. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you might have to get bone grafts mm-hmm. on the uh, upper portion of your uh, gums. Especially if you have a cleft lip. Yeah, cleft lips, it seems like, is usually where the teeth problems come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one of the first things, you know, if you're nursing your baby – then if your baby has a cleft lip or and or a cleft palate, they may have trouble latching on and getting uh, a good, like, a good suck is what they call it. Yes. And if you – luckily, there are different um, methods for improving that. There are certain types of bottles which can help with that. Yeah. So, again, that's a, a problem that can be overcome pretty routinely. It's uh, the easiest to overcome and to nurse a child with a cleft lip because right. you can uh, set the baby up and, as usual, chuck them demonstrating in the air. Um and you can just uh, – after they latch on, mm-hmm. you just kind of put your finger over their cleft lip. Oh, and just like close the gap? Basically. Yeah. It's e- it's easy as pie. With a cleft palate, it can be much more difficult right. because we use our palate to create suction. Mm-hmm. You use your tongue and your palate, your soft palate in particular, to create suction. So there's specialized bottles for feeding uh, babies with cleft palates. Uh, and in particular – uh, if the baby is just not able to latch on mm-hmm. uh, for breastfeeding, they still say, well, just pump your breast milk and feed right. your baby the, the bottle milk because, unfortunately, uh, because of that gap in their, their palate, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's basically a passage into their nose and sometimes yeah. their ears. So breast milk can get in there, and they found it's far less irritating, breast milk is, than um, formula when right. it does get in the, the little baby's ears and, and nose. That's right. And because of that same uh, gap there, I think throughout, you know, we'll talk about the surgeries, but throughout childhood, babies and children with cleft palates and lips have higher incidences of ear infections, mm-hmm. um, sometimes chronic. Sometimes they might have trouble uh, hearing and learning how to talk. Right. But again, these are all early challenges that it's such a common birth defect right. that they really, really know a lot about how to overcome this stuff. That's exactly right. Fortunately, especially in the developed world, there's a lot of services available that are pretty routine. Yeah. 
And if you're fortunate enough to live in a country with socialized medicine, you get it all for free. <laughs> and if you're not, you're going to be dropping some money on surgery. I think the statistic is a $200,000 average for medical procedures over the course of your life. Uh, and I don't know if that's figuring in insurance, if that's a $200,000 sort of total, and you pay a portion of that if you're insured. I get that that's out of pocket. Oh, you think so? I think so. Oh, interesting. So do you want to talk specifically about some of the treatments for clefts? Yeah. So um, the diagnosis of cleft often happens um, through ultrasounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you'll know your baby is going to be born with a a cleft lip, especially as as, uh, you know, but a cleft palate is probably diagnosed after birth, but shortly after birth, Mm -hmm. usually upon the first examination by the doctor. And they'll say, okay, well, your your child has a cleft palate. Um, Don't panic. There's a lot of stuff in place. We know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. We know exactly when to do it. Yeah. But it's going to be really tough for you and your family because your baby, before your baby turns one year old, and as actually as early as maybe three months old, uh, they might be, they will undergo a surgery, like a major surgery where they are given general anesthesia and um, basically it's a form of cosmetic surgery to to repair is what they call it. Um, their cleft lip or the cleft palate or both. And it, it's basically the first in a very long line of surgeries that will uh, take up their first 18 years pretty easily. Yeah, it's called – the first one is called chyloplasty, uh, C-H-E-I-L-O plasty. And this is uh, – it can be a few surgeries, like I said, about the teeth. It can include bone grafts. And I think the cleft palate surgery is a little bit later. That's only for cleft lip. And cleft palate, though, is still before they're 18 months old. Right. And, you know, even though it's routine, it is, like you said, it's it's stressful for a parent to to see that little baby go under general anesthesia and yes. go under the knife. Yeah. And when they come out, I mean, you know, they're in pain. They're not very happy. They're pretty uncomfortable. Sure. It's no fun. Fortunately, um, they've actually come up with a, a procedure called uh, nasoalveolar molding, or NAM, thank God, uh, where this reduces the number of follow-up surgeries because they don't yeah. always get it on the first surgery. Right. It might just kind of be like, a, well, this is a first step, mm-hmm. and we're going to let this heal and kind of fuse a little more closer together, and right. then we're going to try it again and again, and we'll finally get there after a couple of surgeries or a few. Uh, NAM kind of does that follow-up surgery ahead of time by molding the little baby's astoundingly malleable features mm-hmm. Ahead of time, before the surgery. Yeah, it almost sounded like braces Mm -hmm. for your... Faces. (laughs) That's right. Uh, It's a clear plastic retainer inside the mouth. And like you said, it helps mold it as they grow. And then like braces, they adjust it as they grow Mm -hmm. and maybe like tighten it down. I think for cleft lips, um, they add a little, if it's a small one, they add a little plastic post uh, that's up in the nose to lift that up sure. because it can also affect the shape of your nose early on too. Yeah. I'm not sure if we mentioned that. So it's all sort of tied in together developmentally. And it sounds like this NAM retainer device mm-hmm. sort of just limits, like you said, what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, and it just brings like the, a head start. the cleft closer together yeah. so that when they actually do go in to do the surgery, there's far less trauma, and that's it's uh, far more successful right. at bringing it together. Um, the palate surgery is called a palatoplasty, and it actually 
because the especially if it's going through the bony part of your hard palate, um, they may use bone grafts to mm-hmm. kind of fuse that, or they may just basically cut the the gums along the roof of your mouth, mm-hmm. along the roof of your mouth, mm-hmm. and bring it together and just basically cover it up. Yeah. And for all intents and purposes, um, the palate has been fixed. There's not milk going in their ear canal any longer right. or up their nose. Um, they're going to be able to speak clearly right. because they'll have that soft palate, which we use to basically make almost every sound we make phonetically. Yeah. We use our soft palate to close the airway. Um, I'm doing it right now. Literally <laughs> right now I'm doing it. Literally. Um, so if you could just kind of cover that cleft palate with gum tissue, mm-hmm. I mean, you've fixed a lot of the issues that arise from having a cleft palate. Yeah. I mean, in addition to that speech surgery, there may be speech therapy uh, that your kid might undergo early on. Um, they're rhinoplasty sometimes because I did mention the nose. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the rhinoplasty comes into play. Uh, and then there's also ortho – oh, man. Orthonathic? Nathic. Orthonathic? That G's got to be silent, don't you think? Mm, I don't know, man. All right, you take a stab. Orthognathic? Yeah, I think that was it. Really? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, this is jaw alignment surgery, and this is uh, this is something that happens later on because yeah. your jaw has to stop growing. This is sort of similar, I think, to my issues with my crossbite and mm-hmm. – it's all sort of orthodontic related in a way as well. Right. Um, and that that ridge that's at the like mm-hmm. right behind your teeth. Yeah. That your adult teeth actually grow out of that. And mm-hmm. if you have a cleft lip in particular, like you were saying, um, you might need a bone graft. That's another surgery yeah. that you were talking about. I know all about those Same right. with implants. So that like for your front teeth in particular. Mm-hmm. Um so that's a that's a pretty decent amount of surgeries, and that's not necessarily one and done for any of them. Especially, I think rhinoplasty can be uh, can take multiple surgeries to kind of get the nose back where or where you want it to. But again, like this is the doctors who handle this stuff at children's hospitals around the country and basically everywhere in the the um, the global north just know exactly what they're doing and what to do and when to do it. And it's yeah. the, the outcome is usually very good. The prognosis yeah. of a baby born with a cleft lip um, is, you know, is is pretty good. Yeah, it's great. Um, there can be scarring, obviously, especially with that first surgery. There's sort of a signature scar from a cleft lip uh, surgical procedure. And kids can be very self-conscious about that stuff. But I think, you know, they encourage parents to try and – uh, just be open about that stuff and get them to to own that as a as a facial difference and as a visible difference and it, and to really drive home to the kid like this is not going to you know you can still be an athlete you can still it doesn't affect uh, any kind of uh, learning or anything like that in school right. so uh, it's really up to the parents and then through the help of like friends and family hopefully to to get that kid on the right track. And that that's a huge one too. Supposedly like parents who are given especially with an ultrasound a, a diagnosis of a child with a cleft lip. Mm-hmm. Um can they can take the news pretty hard. Sure, yeah. Um I was reading a I don't remember why I read it but it was basically like a first person account of having a child with a, a cleft lip. Yeah. And the the woman was saying she was really worried that she was going to have trouble bonding with mm-hmm. her baby. Um, remember our, our cute episode in the kinder, kinder schema? 
Uh-huh. Um, it, she was basically worried about that. Uh, and then she said the moment she saw her baby, she just fell totally yeah. in love. And sure. it was like, it, it was just like having any other baby. Yeah. It was her baby. So, of course, she loved it no yeah. matter uh, whether she had a cleft lip or not. But that is that is a common concern among parents when they're first, you know, getting their sure. feet wet with this. Um, but I was reading some studies and they found that there are uh, basically no bonding issues that that differentiate parents and children of uh, kids with cleft mm-hmm. palates or lips um, from uh, from kids without cleft lips. Yeah, that that they basically the outcome is the the same. One of the things that you do have to be careful with, though, is it's very easy for you to become an overprotective parent, right? Because you're dealing with a baby. That you're sending off for surgery. Sure. You don't want any harm to come to it. You've now seen your baby with, like, a heart monitor uh-huh. and, like, IV tubes sticking out of, of them. And it's just not a sight you want to see. It can really make you even more protective yeah. of your baby than before. And then when they come home and they're being teased because of their facial difference. Right. They, which they cannot help. Yeah. And they had, they're not guilty of anything. They yeah. don't deserve any of that kind of bullying or teasing. I'm sure it makes you want to go kill those little kids who are doing yeah. that. Um, so you you kind of have to. It's a process it. for everyone, you know. It's a definite uh, crucible for uh, for parents that that you have. To, it's an additional challenge that yeah. you would have to to take on. But parents do it all the time, and their kids turn out totally normal all the time. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's take our another break, our another break, and we'll come back and finish up right after this. Uh, all right, so we should talk about some of the great things that are going on around the world, uh, but we first have to talk about some of the not-so-great things. Um, we've been talking to this about this from the perspective of someone in the United States where it is very common and very treatable and uh, outcomes are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, in developing countries, there are a lot more challenges, of course. Uh, there is a, a lot of stigma attached to this anywhere. But especially in uh, developing countries, you might come into a situation where um, uh, like a father might blame the mother and say, you were to blame because you didn't do whatever right that my child looks like this. And there can be a lot of shame involved. Uh, I think there was a study in Kenya where mothers of babies were blamed by their husband and extended families for that. And they interviewed some of these women and some had contemplated taking the baby's life or their own life or both. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is just unspeakable, uh, unspeakably tragic, of course. Uh, their access to medical care is different, obviously. Uh, the further they are away from good care and the more expensive it is, the harder it becomes to overcome these challenges. Yeah, But – there is uh, great news because there are some great organizations. One's called Smile Train. One's called Operation Smile. And what they do, uh, instead of sending in doctors, they try and go in and train up doctors in these places to deal with this better, to teach them how to perform these surgeries, mm-hmm. and to help educate the public at large about facial differences and that it's it's okay. Yeah, and um, I was looking at Charity Navigator. You ever go on there? Sure. Man, they're great. Um, it, it turns out 
Operation Smile has like a 75%, which is fine. Okay. But Smile Train has a 100% on wow. Charity Navigator. Are they brand new? No, <laughs> no, they've been around for a while. <laughs> no, but that's amazing. Both of them have like um, they're spending tens and tens of millions of dollars a year mm-hmm. on providing like these services for children around the world. So 75 or 100, I'm, hats off to, to both of them for that. That's great. I think Operation Smile has 31 medical centers in 16 countries, and they have these international medical missions every year, like over 100 of them that they uh, – where, like I said, they just go in. They teach the doctors instead of bringing in doctors. Right. And uh, I think the whole teach a person to fish thing right. comes into play. Teach a person to fix a cleft lip. That's right. And they'll be doing it again and again. <laughs> That's the old saying. Yeah. So uh, – there are actually, like, since it's, I think, one out of every 750 births in the United States alone, that might even be, like, a European uh, statistic, too. Um, there's a lot of famous people who have cleft lips. Because, like you said, if you have a cleft lip or a cleft palate, it doesn't prevent you from doing anything. Sure. Um, so you could excel at, say, acting as maybe uh, Mike Hammer <laughs> if you wanted to. Stacy Keach? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Sure. Yeah, Stacey Keach has that uh, cleft palate or I guess cleft lip surgery scar for surgeries, mm-hmm. actually, that Stacey Keach had. Uh, Cheech Marin? Sure. So I guess you can s- still smoke tons of weed. I was going to say, he's got the <laughs> suction thing down. Maybe so? Yeah. Who else? Uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, actually, is widely considered to have a um, uh, like a cleft scar. It, it has what looks like that cleft scar, like he had a right. cleft lip um, repair, a, chelio, a chiloplasty. Mm-hmm. Um, but he uh, doesn't. He has a microform cleft. It was, it's, it's looked like that since birth. Yeah. Um, and apparently Wendy Williams, the talk show host, got just jumped all over last year because mm-hmm. she was talking about how cute she thought it was and then was like basically pulling her – Oh, really? Yeah, she didn't do it right at all. I, yeah. I know she was ultimately trying to give him a compliment, but right. she did not do it in the right way. And yeah, definitely uh, suffered for it. Um, and then Peyton Manning is another one. Yeah, I think his was a palate, right? He had, I think, a lip, too. No, I guess it says palate. I thought he had a cliff lip because I, I feel like I've seen him. He has a scar or like his lip. Oh, really? Looks turned up a little bit, but maybe it was just a cleft palate. So he had a couple of surgeries, and he had, uh, I think he had braces for like 11 years. Yeah, from like age four. Yeah, man, that's tough. Four to 15, having braces. I mean, I had braces twice, and that was bad. That's the Jolly Rancher years, and Peyton Manning missed out on those, I can assure you. He did. Did you like the individual candies or the, the sticks? The sticks, that was just too much, man. It was over the top. Was it? I for me, I kind of liked them because the more you uh, licked on them and sucked on them, the you could make them into a knife, basically. Right, like a poop knife, but yeah. Jolly Rancher. <laughs> it was very sharp. What was your flavor? Uh, I was always green apple. Same here. Love those. Watermelon are good too. It's okay. But it gets old fast. Don't come at me with grape. I don't. I don't like the grape. I don't, I had no problem with grapes. What about the blue? I think blue raspberry one. It might have been after your time. I remember that, maybe, but boy, those green apple. Yeah, they were good. I haven't had one of those in 40 years. I think I still have – I haven't either. I still have some stuck to <laughs> my molars. <laughs> wow. Dennis never – couldn't even get it out, huh? no, They try. <laughs> they try and they fail, every single one of them. So Peyton Manning, uh, he, like I said, has done a lot 
uh, with his money over the years, in addition to throwing lots of touchdowns, a lot of philanthropy, and I think even the St. Vincent's Children's Hospital in Indiana, uh, they renamed that Peyton Manning Children's Hospital at St. Vincent sure, because they have the leading or one of the leading pediatric craniofacial centers in the country, and he has shoveled a lot of money their way. Um, there's also one other thing. We were talking about how uh, other kids in other countries don't have access to a lot of the services. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently a lot of people have said, uh, I want to adopt a child from a developing sure. country. And I am going to just basically go ahead and go right on to the canonization track and adopt a child from a developing country right. who has what's called an unrepaired cleft. Has and, like, you know this going into it. Yes. You sign up for it. There's actually a group, by the way, called Rainbow Kids um, that connects people to uh, adoptive parents, to children with uh, developmental um, or other kinds of special needs. Yeah. Um, and that includes kids with cleft lips, cleft palates, that kind of thing, which I think is pretty great. That is great. And, that you know, that's one of the stressors of the many stressors of adopting a kid, period, I can say from experience, in that you are oftentimes dealing with a birth mother that may not have practiced great prenatal care, had access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, smoking and drugs and alcohol could play a part. Mm-hmm. And you, you sign up for this, and you they ask you these questions beforehand. They're like, what would you do if you are in the birth room and the baby comes out with a cleft lip or a cleft palate? Like, what's your oh, reaction? Really? They ask you that. Yeah, I mean, it's just called your tolerance list. Uh-huh. Like, what if this happens? What if this happens? Right. What if you go in there and the baby comes out uh, that's an unexpected race? Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, okay, well, could that happen? Yeah. And they're like, well, sure it can. So how are that you going to— one interesting And then they, list. you know, they tap on their, uh, on their clipboard and look at you, and they're like, <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> so you just got to fill out all this stuff, and uh, it's really interesting. And it makes you do two things. It makes you really take a hard look at what matters— and also take a hard look at your own family and genetics. Yeah. And eventually probably end up saying like, hey, we're no prize either. Yeah. So like, let's just do this. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's really, That's really maybe cool, we should man. do an adoption podcast one day. I agree. In full. I agree. Jerry could even maybe say a few words. She just thumbed up and then shook her head. She, she's a little sleepy now right she's now. she's blowing her nose. She just finished lunch. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so you got anything else? I got nothing else. Okay. Well, if you want to know more about cleft lips and cleft palates and craniofacial clefts, then, uh, you can go do some more research online. Since I said go do more research online, it's time for listener mail. I'm going to call this, uh, I, I inadvertently said something and I didn't even know what it meant. Oh, God. I don't think we did this one yet, did we, about Netflix and chill? <laughs> no, I don't think so. So I said Netflix and chill. I've heard it's an expression. There's a Ben and Jerry's flavor that I love. What's in called, it? Oh, I can't even remember. It's just really good. It's got a lot of good, delicious, crunchy, sweet things okay. going on. It sounds... It's one of my favorite flavors. I'll check it out. Uh, but let me just read this. Welcome back, Stuff You Should Know team. Listening to your appendix episode... At a good laugh during the podcast, Chuck said, our immune system is not good at Netflix and chill. And I really started laughing. Did you know what this meant? Yes. <sighs> Why didn't you say something when I said it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I must have been thinking of my next joke or something because I don't know how I missed that. Did you know, Jerry? You know what? Oh, man, I'm an idiot. I'll have to uh, go back and listen if I snorted. <laughs> Last week, my 30-year-old daughter was visiting. And I said to her, let's Netflix and chill. <laughs> and she promptly told me, Mom... That is code for having sex. 
what? Who knew? <laughs> Obviously, Stuff You Should Know did not get the slang decoder memo either. And we should say Chuck did not. Okay. I'm absolving you and Jerry. Thank you. Uh, but thanks for making me laugh. And that's from Rosie. And Rosie said that I could read this and her daughter would get a good laugh about it. But I feel like a, a rube. I had no idea <laughs> that... And it makes sense now. Like, I could see some kid being like, what did you guys do last night? Well, just, you know, Netflix and chill. <laughs> when, in fact, they were doing, you know, unspeakable things. <laughs> but uh, now I know. Netflix and chill. Yeah. I don't know how I let that one pass. <laughs> Maybe it was purposeful. That's all right. Um, well, thanks for that one. Uh, who was that again? Rosie. Rosie, appreciate that. Um, and I'll bet that was a really great conversation you had with your mom. I'm glad we're clearing this up, though, because there's probably a lot of people that were like, what, is is Chuck that dumb? Right. <laughs> or maybe they thought, like, you had just gotten bone dry in your sense of humor. Oh, uh, maybe. And timing and delivery. Um, well, if you want to get in touch with us like uh, Rosie did, we want to hear from you. You can email to us directly at stuffpodcast at iheartradio.com. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.